Hey, welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast, where we look at the Hall of Fame cases of various NHL players. My name is Riley, and I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And uh, this episode is the Class of 91, and um, we have four players. Uh, they are uh, Bob Pulford, uh, Clint Smith, Denny Potvin, and Mike Bossy. And we're going to start with uh, Leafs um, all-time great uh, guy who has a reputation for being an all-time great one, the Maple Leafs, and again, so much trouble with Leaf fans, old-time Leaf fans. But um, uh, Bob Pulford wasn't apparently as good as I certainly was brought up to believe. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> And, and he was inducted in the 90s, perhaps for a reason, because it wasn't necessarily obvious uh, at his retirement that he should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So uh, he played from 56 to 72, 16 seasons, 13 of those we would call quality. He was 20th all-time in goals when he retired with 281, which seems like very little, but you know it was just at the very beginning of expansion, and the really high totals hadn't happened yet. Um, he was also 21st all-time in points at his retirement, with 643 points, but he scored those points in 1,079 games. So he was far, far off from pointing in player. Yes, he played in the original six era, but still. Um, it's also notable he was a minus 21. Now, that was, wasn't was recorded for his entire career. It was recorded for the vast majority of his career. I think if I, if I just put up here, we're talking about three seasons where he didn't get a plus or a minus. Now, um, he wouldn't have been a minus 21 had he just retired after he left the old Maple Leafs. However, he played two seasons for the Kings. And for the Kings, he was a collective minus 40 over two seasons. So he would actually be a plus player if he had retired when the Leafs decided they wouldn't want him anymore. But he was only 33. So so uh, he has no per game. He's on no per game leaderboards. So it's not a surprise. He was not drafted because he started playing in the 50s. Era-wise, of the 16 skaters played at least 12 modern seasons or 984 games between 56 and 72, Pulford is roughly a top 10 player. He's ninth in goals, 10th in assists, and ninth in points. So that looks okay. He is 13th in point shares, significantly lower than 10th. Um, but it's and and I just want to mention he's also 14th in defensive point shares out of those 16 players, and so. As we always say about defensive point shares, it really isn't, doesn't do a good job of capturing whether or not a player was a good defense. But like, if Pulford has a case, it's probably that he was a two-way player. I don't know that he was, but just pointing that out. Um, so like, top ten player, I think in a thirty-team league, Bill, we'd probably be pretty, pretty like, yeah, belongs. Yeah, but he played absolutely. most of his career in a six-team league. Top ten bumps you down onto that. Uh, uh, well, actually, no. You're still you're still top line, but definitely not the best player on your team. Yeah. Um, he uh, his AHU game average is 49 points, so not great. But of course, he played in another time. His three year peak, uh, which was weirdly happened, uh, near, you know, in, in his 30s or late late 20s actually, and into his early 30s, was a 70 game average of 50 points. So, again, nowhere near a point per game. But it's worth noting that Pulford's seven best seasons are spread out over a decade. So I couldn't really calculate a three-year peak. It was more, uh, you know, a couple of his best years plus one that wasn't so good. Uh, playoff stats 
don't look great either. 31 points in 89 games, minus three. Um, of the 28 skaters played at least 82 playoff games between 56 and 72, he is, again, goals-wise in the top 10, ninth in goals. But when you get to assists and points, it's not so good. 18th in assists and 14th in points. So not so great. Um, again, top 15, but we're talking about mostly a six-team league. Uh, the adjustment for error helps him. It bumps him up three points per 82 games, but just three to 52 points per 82 games. So again, the, he's far off what we're talking about usually when we talk about uh, Hall of Fame forwards. Um, you know, when we talked about uh, a number of old timers recently who were with an adjustment forever error were 60 something points per 82 games, not 50. Um, the uh, the versus X adjustment that was a hockey reference adjustment. The versus X adjustment likes him more, but still does not make him a point per game player. And he was traded uh, just once, and that was um, when the Leafs decided they didn't want him anymore. And he was traded uh, for Gary Monahan, who's 23, and Brian Murphy, who was 23. Those were players on the Kings. Uh, I mean, Monahan had some okay seasons for the Leafs, I guess. Uh, but we're, this, the, these were not... Uh, I actually don't even know anything about Brian Murphy. There's a reason. He played literally one game. Uh, <laughs> but uh, basically, this is not a big deal of a trade. You know, Pulford was done, basically. He did not have a great end of his season, uh, end of his career with the the Kings. Um and uh, Monahan was like a, a role player, like a middle middle six or lower six uh, role player for the Leafs, it seems. Um, more middle six, I guess. So Bob Pulford's uh, accomplishments fill up, I don't know, a fifth of a page. Mm. So it's worth thinking about. As we've said many times when we do these notes, they often take up huge chunks of the page, like, you know, Pop fans are uh, an entire page. Bossies are an entire, maybe more than an entire page. Individual accomplishments. Pulfords are 10 lines of text, maybe. Uh, and that includes the versus XP adjustment. So really, it's two lines. Um, he was top 10 in goals twice, and he was he had five all-star game appearances. Uh, the versus XP adjustment. Um, he's 216th all-time in goals for his best seven seasons. That is really, really low. Um, he doesn't qualify for assist or points. And best 10 seasons, 178th all-time. And, again, that is an offensive rating, but, like, there are defensemen in there, too. Um, so what else does he have to, to justify this? Well, he's got cups, which is, you know, um, probably the main reason he's there. Specifically, if I had to argue... Uh, his presence on the uh, the last uh, Leafs top winning team might have something to do with it, because he had a very he had a very his best playoff in his career was on that team. So he led the playoffs in assists, uh, though he did not lead the team in points um, on that '67 Leafs. And then he won three other championships in '62, '63, and '64 when the Leafs were very good. He was a top six forward on two of those by points and top nine on the other one. Uh, usual caveat, we have no idea what his actual role is because we don't have ice time. He probably was playing top six at least, if not top three, um, some of those years because he was one of their better players. But he didn't score like it because he may have – I don't know. He may have been – he has a lot of penalty minutes um, those seasons. 
So I think maybe he was just like, you know, playing a, a ch- more of a checking role um, because yeah. he was probably good at that. But that's it. That's the resume. That's the old. Yeah. Man, that's, uh, yeah, it's not that long of a resume. Um, it was actually, that's the first time I can ever recall where as you were running through his stats, I was like, I can't wait to hear what the versus X adjustment does for him because otherwise I'm like, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's, it's just got to be the cups, right? And it's yeah. like, if Leafs won cups, they, they get a significant, like, if a Montreal guy doesn't have minimum four cups, you're like, yeah, that guy sucks. But for a Leafs guy, <laughs> like, for a Leafs guy, if he has even a single cup, you're like, well, we got to put him in. He won a cup with the Leafs. Like, well, to your like, point, Bill, that 67 team has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Hall of Famers. <laughs> holy crap. Now, <laughs> come on. At, le- at least one of those, two of those guys, um, Terry Sawchuk, and Red Kelly were going to go to the Hall of Fame regardless. Yeah. Uh, and one of those guys, for sure, 100%, Tim Horton, most underrated defenseman of his era. I think it's probably safe to say, given that he didn't win a Norris. Um, yeah. And, like, Frank Mahalish is in, for sure, best one of the best left wings of his era, if not the best left wing of his era. Dave Keon, there's a whole argument that if the Selkie had existed, maybe he would have won some, we don't know. Some yeah. of those guys have a case. Oh, for sure, yeah. But nine of them, nine of them is a very high number for a single team. And I actually, years and years ago, I actually went through um, the last cup winner before the major, like, decade-long drought, many decade-long drought for the least, the Rangers between the 40s and 93, the the Red Wings between whenever they last won and, and the 90s. And most of those, for most of the original six teams, the last the last team that won a cup before a long, long drought usually had a bunch of Hall of Famers on it. There does seem to be this sort of like the last team that won. We got to really commemorate it. Oh, that's really weird. Yeah. Mind, mind, you, mind you, it took, uh, in this case, it took them 19 years to put this guy in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, I mean, sorry, 16 if you if you get past the three-year uh, waiting period. But it does feel... I mean, again, I as we always say about these old guys, we didn't we didn't watch them; we weren't alive. It's possible he was an excellent defensive forward, yeah. um, and that's why he's in. But uh, with the exception of leading that '67 lead, leaving the '67 playoffs in assists, he had, he has not had a he did not have a strong offensive career. Um, I'm sure he led the Leafs in scoring a couple seasons. In fact, I think he did. But like, yeah. you know that that. His, yeah, his best it's not like time the 67 team was was uh, you know some sort of a dynasty, and that was the last one they won. Like, no, that was that was the earlier those that, that was the 64 lease were like the end of a dynasty. <laughs> um, so in in 66 he scored 56 points, which is his most in a single season, and he yeah he tied Frank Mavlich for the uh, the team lead in points, and Mavlich played fewer games. Yeah, well, maybe those Leafs were, uh, you know, a particularly, um, particularly defensive-minded team, and that's sort of what, you know. Oh, they definitely were. They did not score. Those the '60s Leafs didn't score a ton. So they had to be very good defensively. So you know, maybe it's like if you saw them play, you would know how great they are. But stats just won't jump off the page ever. And you know, there's there's a few guys in like that, like um, you know, Carboneau. If you didn't see Carboneau play, you would not be wowed by his accomplishments, except that they had the Selkie, right? So you know yeah. how good he was defensively just by the number of Selkies he won. They're not, 
you know, they're not going to have that. So like if you didn't see him play, so maybe we're, you know, talking out our ass a little bit because we never saw him play. But, you know, the, the stats do not make him have a convincing case. Yeah. But m- multiple cups playing, you know, in the hockey hotbed that is Toronto. As you said, the, the being being on the last championship before a long drought, um, you know, being, you know, a fairly important player on that team, it's probably probably gives them the bump to, to get him over the hump on the bubble for the voters, right? And uh, to his credit, on that 67 team, he was outscored by Jim Pappen and Pete Stimkowski. So that is not a team. That's a it's one of those teams that like they shouldn't have won, right? That's generally Probably the story. Not. They were old guys. Reg Kelly was thirty nine, uh, Tim Horton was thirty seven, you know, um Pulford himself was thirty, George Armstrong was thirty six, uh Sawchuck was uh thirty seven. Um you know, Pronobos was thirty six, Stanley was forty. But like that line, that Pappen, Stemkowski, Pulford line, I'm assuming they played together based on positions, you know, sort of somehow caught lightning in a bottle. And Pulford is probably the best player of those three. So I think that has a lot to do with like people's memory of him was like he was maybe he may not have outscored those other two guys, but he was sort of the quote unquote best player of that line that helped the Leafs get that last cup. I, I don't know if that's the narrative, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the narrative. Um, but, I mean, his case isn't great. <laughs> yeah, no, well, not on paper anyway, right? I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's an old, well, it, provided anyone actually listens to the podcast at any point, there's got to be some old Leafs fan, if he listens to it, who loved Bob Pulford, who's just losing it right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you well, just I, don't know, you know how good he was, but but we're, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're admitting we we never saw him play, so there's no way that we can know sort of the, the 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 contribution he may have made to those championship teams. And you would only really know if you watched those yeah. you know those championships, right? It's it's one of those things. If you don't watch a team every day, even now, if you don't watch hockey all the time, there are some players that like you'll get to a cup final and you're like, I, I remember you said that to me in, back in 2011 about Hamhuis, and you sent me a yeah. message like, is Hamhuis always this good? Like, yeah, he's awesome. And that was right, yeah. he was rated right his peak, but he was incredible for us that year. And yeah. you know, him being injured was a was a huge loss. So it's like there's some guys if you don't watch every game, you don't realize quite how good they are, and then you watch them later. And that uh, is very true, especially about defense in hockey, right? Like it, yes. you have to watch people play defense, yeah, because you cannot really get it. My my uh, my usual caveat to all to that argument with players like this is was he so good defensively that he made up for the fact that, you know, he scored a whatever, uh, 50 points per 82 game pace, you know? And I, I, uh, it's one of those things I have to go back and watch a lot of film to be sure. And I have no idea. I mean, cause to me, it would, I've always been brought up with the idea of Dave Keon was the, the excellent defensive forward of the Leafs at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I mean, like, and we're when we get to George Armstrong, we're never a similar conversation. <laughs> and, uh, uh, though he was inducted much, uh, much earlier than Pulford was, it does feel crazy that there are nine player Hall of Famers on that '67 team. Though at least four or five of them have very good cases. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I mean, I, I, this is, I always sort of assumed I was gonna 
do a Bob Pulford's notes and I would find something that would make a lot of sense. But beyond leading the playoffs and assists when he was 30, I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, shall we move on to Clint Smith? Yeah, let's do. A player who I had never heard of, I don't think, and probably had still managed to guess him correctly in some uh, Sporkle hockey quizzes. Shout out to Sporkle. Yeah. Simply because his last name is Smith, and you always guess Smith and Johnson and Williams when you're playing sports quizzes, because there's a lot of names. Uh, <laughs> less so in hockey than in basketball, actually, but still, they're good names to guess. Uh, so Clint Smith um, played from 36 to 47, and uh, unlike a lot of the old-timers we've talked about recently who were inducted uh, in the 90s, he didn't go to uh, World War too, as far as I can tell. He played through it. Um, now, this may be... Uh... Oh, no, he's Canadian. Never mind. I, was, I thought he was American for some reason. But he did play for two American teams. He played for the Rangers and the Blackhawks. So, uh, he had 161 goals, which was 25th all-time when he retired. He was 7th all-time in assists at his retirement, which feels like a really, really high number. And 15th all-time in points when he retired. 397 points in 483 games. So not a point per game, but significantly closer to a point per game than Bob Pulford. Of course, um, Clint Smith played in the 30s and the 40s, and there was some fluctuation with offense, and including uh, at least one of the World War II years where offense went crazy for a year or two. Um, uh, Smith doesn't qualify for any uh, leaderboard per game leaderboards, but if you uh, lower the qualifier to 300 games, he is six all time in assists per game and 12 all time in. Um, that doesn't make any sense. How is that possible? Um, I don't know what I'm reading there. Actually, I think that's got to be for uh, adjusted. So, sorry for the confusion. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> actually adjust, adjusted. I, I put it. I put the adjusted thing in the regular. Uh, so I think he's six all time in adjusted assists per game and twelve all time in adjusted points per game. If you lower the qualifier to three hundred games, which is of course preposterously low, so let's pretend that that's what I said. Um, of the nine players playing at least four hundred fifty games between thirty six and forty seven, he's fifth in goals and goals per game, fourth in assists and assists per game and points per game and games, third in points. So one a top five player at least, and um, significantly looks significantly better for his era than Bob Pulford does. Uh, 82-game average of 67 points, and a three-year peak of 59 points per 50 games. So over a point per game at his best, but most of that comes from his 1943-44 season, and it's worth noting that most people think those last couple years of the war were stats were really inflated. Like, he had 72 points in, in 50 games that year, and he never had more than 54 any other season. So, you know, that was that's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Playoffs, 10 goals, 14 assists for 24 points in 42 games. It's worth noting it was uh, another time. That's pretty standard. Um, if you uh, lower uh, the uh, – well, actually, I'll just say, uh, for, the, for the era, 38 skaters play at least 41 playoff games between 36 and 47. His playoff numbers are way worse than his regular season. He's 19th in goals, 15th in assists, and 20th in points. Now – some of that may come from the fact that he was on the Rangers and the Blackhawks. And at least for part of that time, oh, the Blackhawks were, uh, you know, he was actually on 
some good Rangers and Blackhawks teams. Uh, but they also uh, he had some really bad playoffs too. So maybe that's what it comes from. And maybe there's a couple of years there where like it was the beginning of the Rangers Stanley Cup drought that he was there for. So who knows? Um, adjustment for era bumps him up a ton. 26 points for 82 games. So his adjusted 82 game average is 93 points, which is probably more than a little generous to put it mildly. He does not qualify. Sorry? Yeah, you would think that's a little generous. Yeah. Uh, He doesn't qualify for the versus X adjustment. That was the hockey reference. He doesn't qualify for the versus X adjustment for goals or points. Um, But versus X says he's 12th all time in adjusted. assists per game again take that with a giant grain of salt um because uh given that he doesn't qualify for goals or points but is somehow <laughs> top 15 in assists per game there's something really screwy about that he won the lady bing twice uh which is something i guess um he was top three in goals twice top five in goals per game once um he set the single season uh record for assists in um in nineteen forty four. However, it was broken the very next year. And like I said, that was in the uh that was in forty four. So that was in the end of the World War II years. And so there was some ta- talent dilution, right? Like a bunch of players went overseas and or if they didn't go overseas, they were released in the army and not playing in the NHL. And so it's worth noting that he was beating up on shittier competition at that point, probably, and something to keep in mind that when he did because I think Bill, if he had set the single season record in assists in like 40, oh, sorry, 36 or 56, it would probably be an easy, well, wow, okay, right there. That That's a pretty good reason to put him in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. But yep. the fact that he was doing it at a time when there's a lot of people um, who uh, who were maybe not in the league, you know, there's a lot of talk about that, those couple of years being fairly watered down that sort of makes you wonder a little bit. But he was top point five in points four times, um, and top five in points per game twice. So you know this he had a better offensive career than uh, Pulver did. The versus X adjustment for his peak, his best seven seasons. He's 173rd all time in goals, which doesn't look good, but 87th in assists, which is much 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 better. And then points, he's 136th. And for the best ten seasons, um, 186 in goals, so worse 100. First for assists, again, worse, 156 in points. And that's just because he didn't play for that long. What did I say? He played for um, 11 seasons. And, um, you know, he had some drop-off there at the end. Um, He was the best player on the 46 Blackhawks who didn't do anything. uh, But he had – he was actually had a really good year that year. Um, He was a top three forward on the – 44 Blackhawks that went to the Stanley Cup final and lost. And then he was a top nine forward by points. Again, we have no idea um, what role he played otherwise on the 40 Rangers who were, I believe the last Rangers team to win until 1994. He also uh, didn't win the uh, AHL, the Calder Cup, but he was the very the best player on a team that went to the Calder Cup finals in the minor leagues before he got into actually the very first season he was in the NHL because they, 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 he only came up for two games. So he went back afterwards and won the Calder. So he's got a better case. It seems to me offensively, at least than Bob uh, Pulford does. Um, 
but I think a lot of it hinges on how much you value him setting single season record for assists in a year that is sort of notorious for being watered down. It's the tough one. It's um, I, I I can't even decide how I feel yet. I think I need to ruminate upon it. It's, yeah, there's, there's nothing convincing me one way or the other, really. But oh, I I'm sorry. I should also mention that he won the U.S. Hockey League MVP in 48 after he was already out of the NHL. So that's something else. Uh, I guess there was a it was a minor or a senior league or something at the time. Um, I I don't think that should sway your uh, feelings. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just some, he had 38 goals and 71 points in 64 games for a team that was in a minor league or senior league. I'm not sure which. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know, right? Cause he, he clearly, he, he had some good seasons. He finishing seventh all time in assists when he retired is, is impressive. Um, it, it, I'm really the part of the problem is of course he did that playing at a time when they'd only been, um, counting the, uh, the second assist, for so many years and they only had the forward pass for so many years. And so it was easier to, to get up into the top 10 in terms of career assists in the, in the thirties than it would ever be, you know, later on. Um, I mean, it's really, it's, it's hard to know. Uh, he's very much a, I mean, I think he has a better case than a number of the, the guys we've talked about the old timers we talked about who were inducted after him in the nineties because yeah. he actually led the league in something which like none of the rest of them ever did. Um, but it's still, uh, it's hard to know. I mean, his playoff numbers are kind of with the exception of uh, 44 when the scoring was absolutely crazy. He really didn't um, score a lot in the playoffs in particular. And uh, yeah, I, I mean like his, uh, his best year to show you how much crazier that 44 was than any other season. He had 1.44 points per game in 1944 in 1945. He had 1.08 and he was never above a point per game. Uh, any other season of his career. Like they really scoring really exploded. Anyway, I have no idea. Yeah, I know we're going to, going to be interesting i'm going to try to think about that while we're going through the next two slam dunk cases yeah yeah come up with an answer so yes speaking as bill says slam dunks uh the first is denny pavan um he played from 73 to 88 15 seasons 14 quality and uh this is going to be long and i'm going to skim through some of it because the accomplishments are kind of absurd so he was uh he had scored more goals than any other defenseman when he retired um by over 40. He is now fifth with 310, but he was first in 88. Uh he was first all-time in assists among defensemen by nearly 40 when he retired. He's now 10th. He was first in points among defensemen when he retired by over 100 or by sorry, by nearly 130 uh, when he retired. Now he's he's seventh He's been passed by all those, but he was, in addition to being a uh, a good defenseman, as far as I know, he was also arguably the second best offensive defenseman of all time until he got eclipsed by other players, right, after Bobby Orr. Um, 
and he was plus he's plus four fifty six in a thousand sixty games, which is insane. He wow. was fourth. He's seventh all time still in that. Um, he is a hundred. He has one hundred sixty point seven point shares, which was first all time among all play. Or sorry, first all time among defensemen when he retired. He's now tenth among defensemen. He's fifteenth all time in defensive point shares. Still, he was fifth at his retirement, and he was second among a defenseman in offensive point shares when he retired only to or I believe and he's now ninth because people like Bork and McKinnis and Leach have all passed him but in 88 they hadn't yet um per game wise he's second all time among defensemen in goals per game fourth all time assists per game and third all time in points per game so he is still the second third or fourth best offensive defenseman ever uh he was drafted in 73 we talked about a bunch of players in that draft um last week or last episode uh, guys who who were um, in some cases behind him in this. Um, so he's third in goals for his draft, which for a defenseman is is pretty good. And then um, let me see, he's behind. Yeah, we talked about Landon McDonald. So we talked about one guy in this draft at least. Oh yeah, and Bob Gainey. Yeah, they're both in this draft. So he's third behind Landon McDonald, Rick Middleton, and goals. But he is first in assists by nearly two hundred um, ahead of Tom Lysiak. And uh, points, he is first ahead of Lenny McDonald by 52. Um, it's also worth noting that he has more than double, his plus minus is more than double Bob Gainey's, who is second to him in plus minus. And here is perhaps the most crazy thing. Lenny McDonald has the second most point shares in this draft. Lenny McDonald has 84.2 point shares, a perfectly respectable career. Denny Poffin has 160. Wow. So Denny Poffin is the best player in this draft by all standards, but goals. And I guess games played, if you can even call that a standard. Um, it's not even close. Uh, it, it is the Denny Poffin draft because he was uh, drafted first overall, but also because he is very clearly the best player in that draft. Of the 12D to play in at least 820 games or eight, uh, 10 seasons between 73 and 88. Uh, Pop Van is first in goals by nearly 100. Um, he is uh, first in goals per game. He is first in assists by nearly 90. He is first in assists per game. He is first in points by over 200 points. He is first in points per game. He is second in plus minus. I believe Larry Robinson is first. And he's first in offensive point shares by nearly 25. 25 is like two quite good seasons by a defenseman. Not all-time great. It's like one and a half, one and three quarters, one and two thirds uh, all-time great seasons by a defenseman. Um, and he's first in point shares by over 11, which is a great uh, season by a defenseman. His 82-game average is 81 points plus 35. So incredible, almost a point-per-game player, just about. His three-year peak is an incredible 95 points per 80 games, plus 57, 15 point shares. So um, he's he was really 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 good. Playoffs. When he retired, he was the he had more goals than any other defenseman in history. He's now second. Um, when he retired, he had more assists than any other defenseman in history. Uh, he's now eighth and 21st all time among all players. Same thing with points. He was. He had more points, more playoff points than any other defenseman. He's now fourth among defensemen and 21st ever. He is also uh, fourth all-time in playoff 
plus minus among defensemen and sixth total. He was also the first defenseman uh, all time in terms of games played when he retired. He's now 11th. People play a lot more than he did. Uh, he is a third all time in defenseman's uh, playoff uh, goals per game, 12th in assists per game, but he was 11th at his retirement and sixth in points per game, fifth at his retirement. Era-wise, he's first in playoff goals among defensemen by 20, first in playoff assists, first in playoff points by 45. Um, now, <laughs> hockey hockey references adjustment for era drops, uh, knocks him down 13 points per 82 games to a terrible 68 points per 82 games. Of course, he's a defenseman, so that's still fantastic. Um, he's still... Among defensemen, he is still fourth all-time in adjusted goals per game, eighth all-time in adjusted per game, and seventh all-time in adjusted points per game. And, of course, this adjustment for era favors guys who played in the original six era and the 90s over people who played when Popman did and Bossy, as we'll see. Um, versus X, uh, likes him basically about the same as Hockey Reference. Uh, it still makes him uh, less than a point-per-game player, but that isn't really a surprise. All right, so uh, Pop Van <laughs> um, finished uh, top five in hard voting twice. He won three Norrises, which is now tied for the fifth most ever, but was considerably more than that um, when he uh, retired. He was top five in Norris a further four times, so that's you know seven top five finishes in his career, which is pretty amazing. And he played, what did I say, four, 15 seasons, so half his career. He also won the Calder in 74. Uh, Hockey Reference ranks him as the best player uh, by point shares of anybody in the league in 1979. Top five, eight times, top ten. Sorry, top five, five times, top ten, eight times. Uh, He did things that very few other people did. He scored 30 goals three times, and the only two players ever to do that other than him, only two defensemen other than him to do it are Bobby Orr and Paul Coffey. He did 25 goals four times. Coffey, Orr, and McInnes are the only other uh, three. Uh, 20 goals. The only people who scored, uh, defensemen have scored 20 goals as many times as Bob Bant or, or Bork. It's just Ray Bork. Him and Ray Bork. 20 goals nine times from a defenseman. It's crazy. And if you do it to 15 goals, uh, it's just Bork and Housley and Bob Bant who did 15 goals 12 times. Um, He was top five in assists twice. He was top five in points once. Uh, he, again, um, did some things that very few other people did as a defense meaning 60 assists four times and it's just him coffee bork and or 50 assists nine times just coffee bork mckinnis and him and he was the only person to do it as retirement obviously you can tell by that particular group points wise he's one of five defensemen to score 100 points ever it's or coffee leach and mckinnis um and uh 90 points three times just coffee or and bork 80 points five times bork coffee or it's the usual all the way down um, he he did some things only at his retirement. Like he was the only defenseman to ever score seventy point seven times at his retirement. As an example, there's plenty of other things you can look at the show notes online. He was a first team All Star five times, which is quite good. It's fairly rare we talk about guys who had five first team All Stars, as well as two second teams, nine All Star game appearances. He doesn't qualify for goals in the versus X peak adjustment, which is not a surprise because he's a defenseman score enough but assists he's 61st all-time in his best seven seasons and that bumps up to 57th all-time uh for best 10 points he's again he's a defenseman this is an offensive rating uh but 
139th all-time in points for best seven and 142nd all-time for best 10. Um, he was uh, the best player on a uh, Islanders team that went to the semifinals in 76. Um, he led the he actually led the playoffs in assists, and he was the best player uh, by points on another um, Islanders team in '79 that went to the semifinals. But he never was very. I I don't think there's a example where he was very very clearly again without watching having with not seen these series. There isn't an example where he was um, clearly definitively the best player of the Islander champion teams, partly because he finally had help because it was earlier that he had to, he was literally the best player on the team, but he was definitely the best defenseman um, by points on uh, all four uh, Islander champions, as well as uh, the actually by points, he wasn't uh, the best defenseman on the four Islanders, the one that lost to the others, but that's, you know, it's a defenseman we don't know, having not watched these because we were toddlers slash not born in the case of the first one, the first two, uh, in my case. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't know what his full ice time is. You can, I think it's safe to guess that Pavel was playing like 27 minutes a game, right? <laughs> I mean, probably. Um, I don't think that's a crazy, a crazy thing to suggest. Uh, he also... Um, won the World Cup in 76, in which he co-led the tournament in points with Bobby Orr, which is crazy to think that Bobby Orr and Denny Pavant were the uh, best defensemen on a international Canadian team. That would have been crazy. And then he was also uh, the best defenseman by points, as far as we know, on, a, um, on the team that won silver in 81. And he won a bronze in 86 as well at the World Championships, where he was probably the best defenseman. So, um, very controversial induction. Uh, um, I mean, and the question is really, especially for the two of us who didn't watch him, like, where is he among the very best defensemen ever? Yeah, yeah, you're you're really having a conversation of, like, where is he in the top five of all time, really? Like, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and the thing is, like, Orr and Harvey and Lidstrom have more Norris's by a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And... Bork does too, um, but like Potvin has uh, things that some of those guys don't, which is four cups. You know, yeah. he has more cups than everybody but Harvey. I think Harvey is more than four. I'm pretty sure. Um, he has to. He played for the 50s and 60s halves. Um, <laughs> and uh, he also has like these gaudy, gaudy uh, offensive numbers, especially in the regular season, where he is just like so clearly the best offensive defenseman of his era, right? Like yeah. he, he came in the league five years after or, and uh, like seven years before coffee. And so for that period, there was just no one touch him offensively. Yeah, and it. I've never heard anyone say Denny Pavin was a bad defensive player personally. No, no, no. Uh, he was, you know, that, that that's the thing. I think maybe the, the fact that he, he came, what what was the year that he started? I'm trying to remember what year he started. Uh, 73, 74. Yeah, so he's he's sort of there at the towards the tail end of Orr's career, right? And it's like, you know, he maybe he's the next great defenseman coming in, but you know, comparing him to Bob Orr, it's like, wow, 
you know, maybe, maybe the greatest hockey, but I, I think the greatest hockey player who ever lived, but he's still like his st- like everything's just remarkable about him. And you're like, you know, it, with, without him, I, I don't think that Islanders dynasty happens. So, I mean, just, you know, how, how good was he? I think, you know, I, I, very few people I think would keep him out of their top five demon of all time. Like yeah. you'd really, you'd have to basically be a Rangers fan who just fucking hates Bob Knight to actually keep him out, you know? Um, or you, or like, you know, you're like love. You just think Eddie Shore was, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone who watched Eddie Shore play anymore at this point, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. um, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very, like you said, Bill, it's very hard to, yeah, you'd have to be, you'd have to be like, uh, you know, somebody who just, you know, loves, loves the, the Paul Coffey numbers, uh, you know, uh, you know, lo- loves Lidstrom, loves Leach, you know, puts Bobby Orr in there and then maybe goes one old timer and goes Doug Harvey or Eddie Shore. Like you, you, you'd have to, you'd have to like basically sit around and do homework for weeks to try to make a case that he, he's not a top five of all time defenseman. As far as I'm concerned, anyway. Um, especially yeah, when we so have the just, offensive ability and the defensive ability to be plus 456. Like, that's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So, here, so the people above him uh, with Norris's are Bobby Orr, Doug Harvey, Lidstrom, Bork. And then he's tied with Chelios, Coffey, uh, Pilot, and uh, yeah, that's it. Um, but, like, for sure, at least one of Coffey's is, like, super dubious. The first one he won in the eighties is just like he scored 138 points or whatever it was. Uh, and like, they're just like, give it to him. You know, like I, I think the consensus is very much that coffee had yet to know how to play defense at that point in his career. Um, I, Pilo, I mean, he played so long ago, who the hell knows? Chelios, I think there's no problem. Sorry. You know, that with, with the Norris voting, I always sort of, you know, if a guy won a few Norrises, very clearly he was an excellent, excellent defenseman. But I know that the voting in some years is like, yeah, that guy put up 79 points in 82 yeah. games, but, you know, isn't the best defensive player I've ever seen. I've seen guys win it with a minus. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, so to, to, to me, the number of Norrises uh, helps you to determine just how, just how good this guy was. But I would never use that as a comparative tool of, oh, maybe he's not in the top five because these guys won more of them. Because I'm like, yeah, at least one or two of those are, you know, for in ver- with very few exceptions, it could have gone, you know, maybe Norris nominations might have been, uh, you know, maybe is a little more telling because you don't always win it. They don't always give it to the right guy. But if you're always nominated for it, then maybe it speaks to your overall consistent greatness, sort of like a Victor Hedman kind of thing that's going on right now where he's going to be nominated for it basically every year until he retires. Yeah. Um, and that speaks to his greatness. Um, you know, Lidstrom got a lot of the same treatment, but he also won one when he was minus three. So to me, the wins don't matter as much as the sort of your consensus top three in the league for God knows how many years, but. I'm trying to find like the most nominations. Um, yeah. But it's, it's uh it Art doesn't figures. seem like anyone has has done <laughs> it um i mean the fact is like i said pop van eight times top five there you go yeah you know is is a hell of a lot um you know it's it's over half his career yeah and, and, uh, and his his stats are absolutely remarkable and he didn't play 
in the era when scoring was at you know all time yeah. highs and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, know, he was we, tailing we, we off probably, when that happened. We should probably do an episode where we do like top five of each position and yell at each other and yeah. drink too many beers while we do it so we can have more fun. You know, I'm off for the yeah. summer now because I'm a teacher. Well, I'm laid off for the summer, um, so uh, I will have time to do fun things like that. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely we can definitely do something like that. Um, yeah, because yeah, it is a. I think it's it's a pretty rock solid case to be top five. I think. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think too. I many think people. so too, but you know, like. I, I completely forgot about Bork because I never think of him as my top five, but I remember hearing his episode and being like, I need to rethink that. So I think it would be a really interesting episode because might actually we might be surprised by who our top five ends up being. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. I because I I know I have like we both have like pet guys that we probably want to put in certain positions, and then yeah. like it's kind of irrational. My personal one is Peter Forsberg at center, where people are like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" <laughs> like, yeah, well, no. don't forget, I saw him play too, so I know how damn good he was. At his yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, speaking of slam dunks, we have uh, Mike Bossy, who played um for the Islanders the entirety of the time that like Pop Van was playing. But like, sorry, the opposite way. Pop Van played for the entirety of Mike Bossy's career. He played before Bossy got there, and he played for one season after Bossy got there, because Bossy didn't play that long because of injuries. Um, he played for ten seasons. Infamously, he played for ten seasons. Um, he was fifth all time in goals at his retirement, twenty first all time now. He was sixteenth all time in points at his retirement, with eleven hundred twenty six in only seven hundred and fifty two games, which is crazy. He was 10th all-time in plus-minus at his retirement. He's now 15th. He's plus 380. And he was 23rd all-time in point shares at his retirement, despite only playing 10 seasons. He scored a lot, it turns out. Yep. Uh, he was 16th all-time in offensive point shares at his retirement, again, while only playing 10 seasons. He is still, to this day, third all-time in goals per game, Provided the hockey reference qualifier of at least 200 goals. It's important to note that there were people who would be higher if that qualifier was lower or different. And he is third all-time in points per game ever uh, behind Gretzky and Lemieux. So, you know, he was pretty good. Um, uh, for, for his for his goals per game, who's ahead of him? Nobody. He's first. Oh, sorry. I thought you said third. And I was no, like, third, I third in points. Third in I know points. he's first. Okay, yeah. perfect. So okay, we're good. <laughs> depending on the, if you change the qual, if you lowered the qualifier, there would yeah. be certain people like, or, I don't know, like uh, Joe Malone would be ahead of him easily because Joe Malone scored a preposterous, but he only like Joe Malone scored like a hundred goals or something. So there's a few old like twenties guys who would be ahead of him, yeah. but like the hockey reference has decided long ago that you know, um, you have to have scored a certain number, and is it. If you're wondering what what first all-time in goals per game is, it's .76. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is three goals every four games. That's wild. Like, that is, like, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so the eight players to play in at least 750 games between 77 and 87, Bossy is first in goals, you're shocked to learn, by 112. He is first in goals per game, also shocked to learn, by .17, which is, you know, that's a lot. That's like, what is that? A, a sixth of a goal uh, per game? Which is, it's crazy. 
yeah, he's fourth yeah, in assists. Every sixth game he plays, your team gets an extra goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, fourth in assists, fourth in assists per game, first in points, third, first in points per game, third in plus minus, incredibly, uh, but that would be partially behind, like, Popman and Robinson, I think. Uh, and first in offensive point shares by over 10, which is crazy, and first in point shares by over 15, which, uh, like I said before, is an excellent season. Um, in fact, that is Popman's, like, three-year peak average is 15 point shares per season. Uh his 82 game average is a preposterous 123 points, and that's 62 goals per 82 games plus 28. Just a preposterous numbers. Yeah. His three year peak from 81 to 84, 136 points plus 57. He was kind of good. Wow. <laughs> Playoffs. Um, Bossy was the career leader in playoff goals from 85 until 89 when he was passed by. You'll be shocked to learn, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> um, he was, he was also, he is currently 120th all time, sorry, in playoff points as well. So 160 playoff points in 129 games. This is not a guy who scored less in the playoffs, unlike most of the NHL. Um, almost it, as you, as you know, from listening to the show, many, many hall of fame players saw their points drop when they went to, uh, you know, um, the playoffs and bossy. I mean, arguably scored a little bit less, but he was still well above a point per game player in uh, in the uh, playoffs. Uh, per game, he is uh, second all time in playoff goals per game behind Gretzky. He was the career leader for the 1982 season, but otherwise not, which is funny. And he is seventh all time in playoff points per game. He was sixth at his retirement, and he was the career leader in playoff points per game from 81 until 83 when Gretzky passed him. And then since then, Lemieux has passed him. I think also. The playoffs at the end there, he might have, you know, scored a little bit less at the end. And so that would have brought him out of um, his position, right? Like his last, you know, he only had like, he had slightly less than a point per game in his final playoff, final two playoffs, for example. So it probably dragged him down a bit from where he was in, say, 83. Um, yeah, you, you kind of hurt yourself by trying to play through the injuries at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Error-wise, of the 36 skaters to play in at least 82 playoff games between 77 and 87, he is first in playoff goals by 16, which is a lot. Uh, second in playoff goals per game, which was a surprise, but that would be Gretzky. Um, fifth in playoff assists, uh, second in playoff points by Gretzky again, uh, and 13th in, in plus-minus. Uh, hockey reference. So this is one of the interesting things about Mike Bossy is – I don't think we've encountered another player who is hurt by hockey references adjustment for error more than Mike Bossy. It docks 24 points per season off of his totals. Wow. It's still, here's the crazy thing, Bill. After adjusting for error, 99 points per 82 games after adjusting for error. Wow. It's just <laughs> yeah, like, so he's, like, he's still well over a point per game, well over a point per game. If that's to be taken seriously, who the hell knows? It's funny how much it penalizes. Like, the thing is, because Bossy played exact, if Bossy had been a few years older, he would be less harmed by that. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's because he played literally 77 to 87, which is, you know, a, uh, with the exception of a few seasons in the 90s, like, those years are, like, among the highest scoring ever um, in the history of the league. And he has no season, no uh, seasons to balance that out. Um, however, even 
with adjusting for era, he is 15th all time in hockey reference adjusted goals per game and 19th all time in adjusted points per game for hockey reference. Versus X, he is 25th all time in uh, adjusted goals per game as well, which is worth noting. But they also dock him a bunch uh, because of the era, which is not surprising. These adjustments favor very different eras. He was top five in heart voting twice, just like Popman. He won the Consmite in 82, and we have something to say about another one that he didn't win in a minute. Was that the he won the Con- one? Sorry? Was that the Butch Goring one? Yes, the Butch Goring one. Yes, exactly. Uh, he won the Calder in 78. He also won the Lady Bing three times, so sure. Um, he was a top five player by point shares uh, four times, which is pretty great. Uh, top seven, sorry, top ten seven times. Uh, most... That's most of his career, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was the best offensive player uh, by point shares and uh, offensive point shares in '79. He was top five offensive player eight times. That is all but two years of his career, and is tied for the sixth most all time. This is a guy who played for ten seasons, and he's tied for the sixth most um, top five appearances offensive point shares. That that's kind of nuts. He led the league in goals twice. Crazy! This is really nuts. He only led the league in goals per game once, despite being the career leader in goals per game. Figure that one out. Yeah. I can't. Um, like Pont Van, there are things he has done that very few other people have done offensively. Um, he scored 65 goals twice, and it's just him, uh, Gretzky, Esposito, and Curry at his retirement. Now there's, you know, Ovechkin... I think has Ovechkin done it, and Brett Hall has done it, and sorry, Brett Hall and Lemieux did it after he retired. Uh, 60 goals five times, just him and Gretzky. 55 goals six times, him and Gretzky. 50 goals nine times, famously, him and Gretzky. Uh, and he was the only player ever to do so in his retirement. He scored 35 goals every season he was in the league, so he scored 50 goals all but one season he was in the league. And when he retired, the only people who have scored 35 goals that many times were Dion, Esposito, and Bobby Hall. Of course, he retired after 10 seasons, so, you know, that's where that stops. But still, like, yeah. 50 goals nine times, just you and Gretzky, you're, you're in pretty good company. He was top five in assists once, he was top five in points six times. He is, at, at his retirement, only four players had ever scored 140 points like him, and they're Gretzky, Esposito, and Mario Lemieux. Um, he scored 110.7 times, and... Those players are just him, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Dion. Um, 90 points nine times. The only two people to do it at his retirement were him and Dion. So he did, you know, some very impressive offensive things. He was also top five and plus and minus three times. He has uh, five first-team All-Stars, just like Denny Poffin, and that is the fifth most by a right wing in history, despite playing 10 seasons. So the people above him would be like Gordie Howe, uh, Jeremy Yager, I probably Brad Hall, but I wouldn't want to say for sure. Um, and uh, I don't know who else would be, but of course, all those people played longer than he did. Uh, second team, uh, three more times as well. Seven all-star appearances. So getting to the thing that really matters, uh, the versus X peak, his best seven seasons adjustment. He is 11th all time in goals. Uh, so, the people ahead of him would be, you know, Gretzky and Lemieux, obviously. And then after that, it's hard to know because versus X really does like the thirties. 
<laughs> so it could yeah. be someone from the 30s. Best 10 seasons, he's 10th all-time in goal, so even better. Uh, points is 24th, best 10, or best 7, I mean, sorry, and it gets better at uh, best 10, it's 19th. Assists, he doesn't look great, he's 91st all-time for both of them, but that's this is not a man whose primary job was passing. Nope. So, uh, in 82, he won the Conn Smythe. He led the playoffs in goals. That was, in many ways, a uh, a makeup call because in um, eighty one, Mike Bossy led the playoffs in goals and assists and set the single record, single season record for points in a single playoff. But somehow, because the hockey writers are geniuses, did not win the Conn Smythe. And we talked about it with Butch Goring. We can talk about it again. I have no idea why. So None. strange. He set the single season record for points in a playoff. And the people are like, this second line, this second line forward on your team is more important. Because <laughs> well, I don't know, defense. Well, it's, um, it, it, it's really interesting because even when like Malkin won it for the, uh, for the Penguins that, that year, it's just like, you're like, I don't think I don't think a lot of people liked Malkin, but they're like we have to give it to him. Look how many goddamn points he put up. Yeah, he scored it in thirties, which never happens anymore. Very yeah, rarely. Man, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, there's rarely a cl- as clear cut case for a Smythe as uh, Mac Bossy in '81, and yet somehow the voters picked somebody else. Um, it's bizarre. So he should have two Smythes. I mean, you could argue, I guess, in in '82. Uh, that it should have gone to Trottier. Um, I think it was Trottier. Yeah, it should have gone to Trottier. Trottier had two more points and was plus nine to Bossy's uh, plus seven. But, like, Bossy had 17 goals in 19 games that year. Yeah. um, Which is pretty good. Last time I checked. But in in 81, I mean, it was absurd. In 81, he had um, 17 goals in 18 games, 18 assists in 18 games for 35 points in 18 games, almost two points per game. And no one had done that before. Gretzky, of course, would obliterate those records in the subsequent years, but nobody knew that in 1982 or 81, sorry, you know? Um, And, and it's just, it's incomprehensible to me that Goring won that. I have, I've never, it's one of those, there are things that like, for some reason, even though I wasn't, you know, not alive when that happened, um, I was I was in utero, um, so I guess some people would say I was alive. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, now you've done it. <laughs> yeah, now I've done it. Um, it's one of those awards where I just look at it and go, like, what was happening? What could yeah. have possibly been happening in those discussions with, like, fellow writers that people were like, you know what? And unfortunately, we have, like, the voting records for all the regular season awards, but at least Hockey Reference doesn't have the Smythe voting. So I have no idea what happened. I guess it's possible that like Bossy and uh, and Trache split it the voting or, or, okay, yeah. or Bossy Trache and Potvin, all of whom had better uh, playoffs than Butch Goring. But I really do think, like we talked about in the Butch Goring episode, that the narrative was Butch Goring was the player they needed to overcome, you know, their their disappointing playoff exits, and that's what happened. Yeah. But I, I I wasn't there. I don't know. Anyway, uh, 
Bossy was also the best forward on a team that uh, went to the semifinals in 79. And then uh, he led the playoffs in goals in 83 when they won, um, though he did not lead the team in scoring. And then in 80, he also was a top three forward by points, as well as uh, in 84 when they lost to the Oilers. Um, He was a top three forward by points on that Canada Cup team that Danny Potvin was also on that uh, lost in 81, and he was top six forward by points on the 84, um, the 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 first of the like 80s super teams that Canada like just rolled out and destroyed everybody at the at the Canada Cup. Um, I don't know, I mean, why he scored so few goals in 84. I, I assume uh, he just the line he ended up being on. Um, was it Gretzky? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I don't have the it's not right in front of me. I'll see if I can pull it up, but like, um, it's uh, <laughs> I I think that's a safe assumption that he just wasn't on Gretzky's and as a result scored less. Um, yeah, I'll pull up right now. Eighty four statistical leaders. So yeah, Goulet uh was playing with Gretzky. It could have been Bossy in Goulet and Gretzky actually, because so Gretzky had twelve points, Goulet had eleven. Oh, I I screwed that up. He actually was top three forward by points on this one. Sorry. Um, it's uh, Paul Coffey was third in points, and I missed that it was Paul Coffey. And there was a uh-huh. defense. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so he probably was playing with Gretzky, actually. So I screwed that up. I will fix that in the notes when I post them. Um, yeah, so uh, the big question with Mike Bossy is not whether or not he belongs, but it's, it's really... The big question is where he ranks among right wingers all time. And the big, big question is, would he have done what he did? Had he played, had he played from 67 to 77 or from 87 to 97 or 90, especially 97 to 2007? Yeah. Well, it's, I, I think also another important question is, is he the greatest goal scorer of all time? Like he's in the yeah. conversation for sure. Yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah. Um, the th- the one thing that says no is the adjustments for era hate him. Yeah. And the thing is, that's just a calculation. It doesn't mean anything. It's just an attempt to try and make things equal, which they're not. Eras equal, which they're not. Yeah. It's it's really tough to know because like he he did absolutely benefit from a particular time in league history. On the other hand, the only other person to do anything like what he did in terms of goal scoring was Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's it, it's all well and good to say, oh well anybody can score goals in that era, but like not not at the rate in which he did. That's yeah. for sure. Like he just uh I, I remember when uh before Bray got in, uh, uh inducted and um one of my friends was trying to say that he didn't belong and I just like sent him a stat like here's the goals per game all time and it goes <laughs> bossy Lemieux, Pavel Bure. And he's just like, like mo- modern times, right? And he's just like, yeah. oh, that, that's actually very good. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, it really pissed him off that he was that high. I'm like, dude, he scored, you know, at a phenomenal rate. And it's like, you've only sort of seen that with, you only sort of see that with, um, with those types of players. Now, personally, my, my feel is Lemieux. Um, but, I think that would be another interesting episode to regardless of position, just who's the greatest goal scorer of all time. 
sort of try to try to wade through that one. But uh, like for sure, Bossy's in that conversation. All the guy did was score. Like it was, you know, yeah. and 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 including in the playoffs too. As you said those stats before, where in back to back years he scored 17 goals in 18 games and 17 goals in 19 games. The all time record is uh, Reggie Leach, and I think Sackick might have tied it. Yeah, 19. Yeah, and Cur- Curry also games. tied it as well. Who did? Curry tied it as well. Okay. But I'm assuming they all did it in more games than that, right? Um, yeah, I honestly don't know. Uh, I can find out right now. Um, yeah, if Curry may have moment, done it but, less. Cause but Mike, Mike Bossy scored 17 goals every playoff for three playoffs in a row. That's, and he did 18, 19, crazy. and 19. That's, that's crazy. But yeah, that is just nuts. preposterously good. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go to... Uh, oops, a wrong... Thing. While we're ta- talking about it, I'm going to go to uh, see if... So we go to playoff goals per game, and we go yearly. Um, so, uh, so Leach... Leach was 1.188 in 76. Um, Bossy in 81 was 0.944. So let... Leach did it in fewer games, but Curry did it um, when Curry in 84 had 0.7. And then the thing is, this only shows the leader. And so there are years when people qualify who didn't make it, who didn't score as many goals. Right. Yeah. yeah. Still, I mean, like if I, if I sort this by most ever, it's, um, Yeah, it, there's uh yeah, there's some guys on here who are like it's funny. There are people scored way fewer. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many games Curry did, and I suspect more, and I suspect Sackick did it more as well. Um, yeah. Leach clearly seemed to have done it less, but still, the fact is, uh, Bossy did this every year for three years, which is not what these other guys did, right? Curry Curry scored 19 once. Leach scored 19 once. Sackett scored 19 once. If you, if you do like, so I'm just, I'm playing around with StatEd right now, because why not? Um, (laughs) It doesn't make for the most exciting. Yeah, we're already here. Um, uh, So totals, total playoff seasons with at least 17 goals. Um, Give me a moment and I'm going to tell us. So Mike Bossy did it three times. Everyone else did it once. That's it. Like he did it three times. When Gretzky did it once, Curry did it once, Leach did it once. Steve Payne hilariously did it once. Joe Sackett did it yeah. once, and Kevin Stevens, poor Kevin Stevens, did it once. That's it. So, uh, the fact that he did it three times is really incredible. And uh, like you said, Bill, this is not somebody who just scored in the regular season. He did. He he scored. Uh, in the playoffs as well. And he was very consistent. You know, he may have only led the league in goals per game once, but he was, you know, just at a really, really high rate for such a, just, I mean, obviously retiring after 10 years helps, but like what every, every year, every year of his career, was he top 10 in goals per game? I think every single year of his career. He must've been, I mean, come on. I think so. I just, I'm trying to find that spot in the notes. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Every every year he was top ten in goals per game. Yeah, just and in fact he was top five all but one year. Wow. So it's so, like he's you know it's it's he, he's absolutely elite at what he does best. And anything else you want to say about him, like for those ten years, unless you're named Wayne Gretzky, there's nobody better at scoring goals in all of hockey. Yeah. And you could even argue, you know, I don't. That's the thing. Like that was also Gretzky's peak too, right? And when I remember yeah. when we did the Gretzky episode, where it's like those first ten years are just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to being like a regular elite player after his back injury and when he's getting older. <laughs> so I mean, if you're like if Mike Bossy's there and you're to say. Well, Gretzky scored him for those ten years. Be like, that's great. He's Wayne fucking Gretzky. There used to be, there used to be hockey pools that people would do back in those days. Um, you know where you, you, yeah. And this is before the internet, so everybody had to do this like on. You wouldn't even be used a computer. Everybody sat around at a restaurant somewhere with a bunch of notepads and paper and did a draft. And almost every league in the '80s had a no Gretzky rule where yeah. he was just ineligible to be drafted. He wasn't in the league because he would just like skew the whole league where whoever got the first overall pick, I take Wayne Gretzky. Well, pool's over. Like he was that good. Like he was, he put up video game numbers. So if yeah. you're the guy who the only player better than you for that stretch of your career where, and he only played 10 years was Wayne Gretzky. I'm pretty sure you still like an all time great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, he really was. I used to think he was the best right wing of all time when I was younger because I just looked at those seasons and was just like, how how is this possible? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but, it's sheer brilliance, right? Like nobody yeah. else did it like that. So nope, it, no one else did. Whenever you blame someone's era and say like, oh well, you can't compare. Like it's very hard to compare eras, but nobody else in his era did anything remotely close to that, except for as we mentioned, Wayne Gretzky, and they didn't even yeah. play the same position. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, I've I've since come around that. Gordy Howe had a better career. Um, and I think you could make a case uh, for Yager as well. But he's still top three, probably. Um, well, if you very sheer volume of career over brilliance, yeah. I mean, the thing is, those guys <laughs> won MVPs, right, Bill? No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, um, I'm just trying. I, I don't <laughs> want to bait you into an argument now, but wait till we do the episode. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he still had a really, really... Um, incredible run and it does i think help his legacy that he retired when he did probably also helped his personal health <laughs> frankly you know getting out when he did um i don't know what his life is his quality of life is like now but i gotta think that someone who retired when he did um when he was what 30 uh like is is feeling a lot better physically um than guys who who played until they were 36 or something. I could be wrong about that, but um, I mean, I think it does help that he retired when he did, but it is just a stunning 10 years. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's really in some ways, like you said, in terms of goal scoring, it really does feel virtually unequaled in history. Yeah. I I mean, I I think the only, you know, obviously Gretzky and Lemieux are a whole other thing. Um, But if it's not for them, then I think we're talking bossy and the Vetchkin pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know me, I'm a huge Beret fan. And I think even like what bossy did was a step ahead of that. Like just uh, obviously Beret had the injuries to deal with. And whenever he played a full season, he always scored 50 goals, but yeah. bossy did it for, you know, nine years in a row, even in yeah. the 80s. That's just, that's ridiculously. That's like, 
it's like taking the, you know, sort of like the, you know, the guys who always score 35 every year, but except that you're elite, elite, and just, God, it's like never, you, there's no drop off ever, not even in the playoffs. No. Yeah. Goal scoring. Yeah. And particularly not, not in the playoffs at all. I mean, yeah. in the playoffs, it's just like there's, it wasn't until, um, 85 when he was, you know, I mean, he didn't have actually his first, his first playoff wasn't great either. Um, but from like 78 through 84, he just scored an absolute ton and not always goals, right? He did have, uh, like in 84, he was actually, he had more assists than goals, which is weird for him. But generally, I mean, this is one of the elite playoff goal scorers in addition to, uh, regular season as well, which is not something we always see. So Bob Pulford, yay or nay? Because I didn't see him play, I'm, I guess I'll go with yay. But I, I don't know. It's I, I think he's getting he's getting the Leafs bump that it seems like a lot of Leafs Hall of Famers get just from having been on a Leafs team that won something. You know? Yeah, I'm gonna go with nay because honestly, well, I'm gonna say what you always say, which is like I'm open to being persuaded otherwise. So if someone's like gonna come and say, listen, he was actually an excellent defensive forward, sure. But like a guy who only he led the playoffs in assists once, which is great. But that's like his only really offensive accomplishment of his entire career. Yeah, that that's that's really hard for me uh, to induct yeah. it. Um, Clint Smith. I don't see a reason to kick him out. Um, OK, he's un- unremarkable, just like, well. I don't know. If they voted him in, they must there must have been something about him, but like he definitely doesn't stand out as just being like a oh yeah, he should totally be in. It's like a yeah, I guess I'm okay with it, but sort of along the same lines with with Poulter for me where it's like I guess since he won some stuff, he should go in, but it's I'm, it's I could be talked out of it too, you know, like right yeah. up I mean, I think one of the things to say about him is that of all these old timers that we've talked about um He's arguably the least egregious because at least he led the league in something once. Yeah. Um, but like uh, when I say all the old timers we talked about, I mean sorry, the ones who were inducted in the '90s and this flurry of inducting old timers in the '90s, yeah. which happened for some reason. Um, I am very on the fence with him. I have no idea what to do with him because he had that one great year, and that one great year was a year that is notorious, at least in the hockey forums that I lurk in, uh, for being like you know a time when people beat up on lesser competition. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm very much on the fence and I guess, like you say, Bill, hard to kick him out when he's already in, but in a perfect world hall of fame for me, Pulford and Smith are not in a perfect world hall of fame. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, well, they're, they're barely in the one that we have now. That's yeah. That is Pot Van and bossy are just really hard cases. I know it's really hard to know. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they're both arguably top five at their position ever. So yeah. that says it all. Yeah. If, 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 if you want to, if you want to take, uh, if you want to take Mike Bossy out of the hall of fame, you have to buy me one beer for every goal he scored. <laughs> then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Will you be alive at the end of that? Hopefully you oh, can I like, say I would drink them all at once. Yeah. yeah pro rate, pro rate it over a, a year or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
that is all for us uh, this episode. And the next episode is the class of 1990, um, who, which contains Bill Barber, and I can't remember who else at the moment. But So uh, stay tuned for that, and we will see you then.